Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. I'm Tom Cliff, creator of the world-famous online stand-up bingo, which started out its life at Northampton Town Football Club. Join me every Saturday at 2.15pm on the Cafe Track Facebook page for your chance to be crowned stand-up bingo champion of the world. Every ticket purchased goes towards keeping Cafe Track and Track NN, a social enterprise dedicated to helping people to access work experience and hopefully employment. Buy your ticket now at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Cafe Track. Make sure you leave your chosen 15 numbers between 1 and 90 in the comment section and then play along live on the Saturday afternoons before the Cobblers game. So go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash cafe track now and get your ticket for the world famous stand up bingo. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and Northampton three! Hey, how are you doing? It's it's all cobblers to me. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I know we're a bit late this week. Sorry about that, but we were a bit bored after that nil-nil draw with Doncaster, so we we couldn't think of anything to say and to talk about. So instead, we've all got together for this special extended edition of the preview show. So let me introduce you to the gang. Obviously, hello, my name is Charles. Thank you for listening. We've got, coming live from Somerset, it's Chesy Jeffy Coleman. How are you doing, mate? You okay? Hey, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Good, good. You're sounding good, sounding uh, bright. Bright and cheery. There's nothing to be negative about today. It's good. Well, uh, hopefully there's one thing to be negative about, (laughs) seeing as you've just done a COVID swap. (laughs) Very true. Very true. Such is the life of 2021. But yeah, I'm, I'm in a very good mood. Good, good to hear it. Somebody else that's in a good mood, uh, well, I'm presuming, uh, is uh, Danny Brothers, who is live from Bristol. I am. I'm a bit coffee tonight, Charles, so I'm going to mute myself as much as I can. uh, I feel a bit like Bob Fleming from The Far Show, if you remember him. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to soldier through, uh, as always. But I I missed you all at the weekend as well, on Sunday. There's a gaping hole in my life. Uh, so uh, I'm glad to have that filled tonight. Now, now, 
if we could segue any any other way, then this would definitely be it. From gaping holes to Neil Edgerton Scott. How are you doing, Neil? Are you okay? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, how are you? I'm all right. Thank you very much. So yeah. one, you, oh, just, you know you introduced Jeffy and you said, like you, I don't know if you said very smart or something like that. Can we just point out that she didn't realise what Neapolitan ice cream was called? <laughs> yeah, we we definitely can. Yeah, um, Neapolitan ice cream, Jeffy. How long ago did you find out what it actually was? Oh, just a couple of years ago. Not that I'm nearly thirty or anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe that. Are you, I mean, Neil and Daddy, you both both of you are around about the similar age to me. Did you not used to have Neapolitan ice cream as a kid, like as a as a pudding after your your, your turkey Twizzlers? Yeah, Vianetta was the one in my house. Oh, Vianetta. Was it mint or was it just the plain one? Mint if my mum was feeling a little bit risky. Careful. Yeah, otherwise it was standard plain Vianetta, which looking back, like at the time it was like, oh, that's a treat, isn't it? Looking back, it really wasn't, was it? No, God, no. It, it definitely wasn't. I, I always think of uh, Neapolitan ice cream as the ice cream version of a Battenberg. I love a Battenberg. Oh, Battenberg is spectacular. No, I'm not having the Battenberg. I would love Get to out, dive. Get out, Danny. Get out. I'll have a Henningberg, but not a Battenberg. <laughs> you have a Henningberg? <laughs> also, just, just this is really random, but do you remember Soccer Air when they used to do referee Battenberg? No, I didn't. As in I was Mark late, Clattenberg. Late yeah, Clattenberg. Yeah, yeah, Mark Clattenberg. It was like a play on Mark Clattenberg, wasn't it? Yeah, that was very good. That was a great throwback there. See, the thing is, Jeffy, is when you say to us, do we remember Soccer AM? <laughs> yes, we do remember Soccer AM, but it, but it was back when it was good. Yes, it was. I watched it when I was like nine. It was amazing. Helen and Tim. Yeah, but that was only three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> when, when she was in the, the crowd, weren't she, for the Torquay game? Yeah. With Jeffy? No, well, with Jeffy Martin. Well, I was well, at the time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but they, very slightly, only slightly more famous, Helen Chamberlain was there, wasn't she? Um, had the obvious... Songs sung her way, such as uh, "How are you doing, Helen?" Yeah, woo. <laughs> <laughs> give me an H. Yeah, <laughs> <me> an H. <laughs> uh, I, I enjoyed that. That was that was very good. I do remember. Do you remember the um, the final day of the season down at Torquay in two thousand? Oh, do I ever? Oh, one of the best away games. In that history, I, I, that, that still gives me a little. When I think of that oh. day, it still gives me a little tingling. Oh, amazing! Oh. I, 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 as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm I'm appreciating it more and more. I, I, I kind of remember the whole day. You know, oh. absolutely all of it as a whole, not just the, the the sort of the end of it, but the having the fish and chips. Oh, yeah. you know on the coastline and and then going to the ground and and seeing it literally just packed with cobblers fans and five torquay fans in the corner <laughs> so uh, so was was that the day when you guys all invaded the home end like you guys were all in the home end well, instead yeah, of the away well, personally well, everyone was everywhere weren't well, they well, that, Charles. Yeah. well weirdly because sean when when it when all that happened in somerset obviously because you know near devon um they the like uh, press team from Torquay when they I mean we are talking what this is years ago now isn't it but when the press team from Torquay said uh, Torquay fans can only buy a ticket with proof of address so Sean just bought a Torquay ticket with his address and pretended to be a Torquay fan and then turned up and then he was like well I didn't need to worry about that because everybody around him was Cobblers fans so it went well for them. <laughs> That was crazy, wasn't it? Do you, do you oh, remember my one overriding memory of that game was where I can't remember whether it was the first or second goal we scored. And while celebrating, I just happened to look across and there was Cobblers fans jumping up and down of the, on top of the dugouts. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. It was yeah. so good. It was that one of those things really, where, really like, like, usually the coaches stop at different places on the way, don't they? And, but yeah. it felt like every single person, every single coach, car, everything just went to the went to the same place, and we just literally took over the whole town for. It's not a big town, though. It was like that <laughs> no, Mansfield. Do you remember Mansfield yeah, in yeah. the playoffs when we lost on penalties? What was that hmm. pub that's now shut? I can't remember its name. Oh, the one down the hill, like yeah. right next to the ground on it. Yeah. Oh, it was brilliant! You just literally Grand. just walked in there, and it was. Just it was like you, I think, like what you just said. I think every single coach had just gone straight there. <laughs> all the people that drove up or got the train up had just gone straight to that pub. RIP pubs, everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sending love to all the pubs. 
Oh, I'd, I'd send more than love to a pub right now, I'm telling you. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'll get it yeah I remember on the way back from that Torquay game stopping at a a service station and and having a um a guard of honor off the off the bus from I think it was Shrewsbury fans yeah it was yeah it was Shrewsbury fans yeah because they just what they done they just stayed up didn't they I think yeah from Exeter was it yeah they must have been coming back up as well from from the south coast sort of area um but yeah, I, I I remember sort of getting off there and going, I'm only going for a Whopper at Burger King. What's this for? <laughs> you might well have been uh, at Taunton Dean Services in that case then. <laughs> Probably was, yeah. yeah which That's... is near where I am. What's your favourite service for, station? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody mentioned Sandbatch. Uh, <laughs> Definitely not Watford Gap. That's atrocious. Oh, God, it's terrible, isn't it? Oh, I hate stopping there because it's so close to home as well. Well, not for you guys, but it is for me, right? It's- that was always the one where it was always like someone needs a wee desperately um, on the coach. They have to stop. Not on the, the way home. to the game or back no, from back, No, back from the game. The co- you know the coach just wants to get home, but then mm. there's always one or two people who are like, come on, stop the bus and need a wee wee. And then everyone needs to go. And then the That's exactly how they say it. Get on the microphone. <laughs> come on. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And to your left, you will see a beautiful tree. Excuse me, let's have a wee. <laughs> uh, I remember we used to when we uh, when we would go to either um, Peterborough or Cambridge for those away games. Dad and I would get picked up at Ronstown Football Club because oh, yeah. there was no point in us obviously travelling over to Northampton to then just come back on ourselves. And you could guarantee that that people would be getting off the bus as we were wanting to get on in the car park at Kiln Park uh, just to go and have a wee in the clubhouse. So what was supposed to be like a two-minute stop to let two people on inevitably lasted 15 minutes as three lads went off to go and have a wee each and then while they were there would come back with two pints in their hands. <laughs> and then the cycle would continue every 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, basically. It was the it's always one of those though. Whenever you get like a, a short distance, the coaches never obviously, well, I, I say obviously never have the toilets on board, but you, they're unlikely to have a toilet on board because you're only doing a short distance. But I remember going to Brighton one year, no, no toilet on the coach whatsoever. And the bus driver stopped at halfway. Like we were in London somewhere on the outskirts, the M25 or whatever, and we stopped. And a, a load of the boys, um, this is probably before I was 18, or at least I was only just 18. And I was like with my dad and we definitely didn't have a pint, but lots of people did. So therefore the second half of the journey to Brighton took three times as long as the first half had. And it was all because we kept having to stop because people kept needing a wee. (laughs) I don't know where you go from there, but there you go. This is uh, almost as riveting as Omar Bogle's commentary, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what though that was a thing of beauty listening to that was it it's like he fell asleep and just got like poached to be woken up every now and again like he's still there at the start did you hear him say is it okay to be biased yeah, yeah it's like, I'm not sure what I can say here on like, the BBC on. maybe you should ask that before you go on air Omar come like on that he, he obviously went with the plan not to say anything in the end <laughs> yeah, apart from yeah, like a few did. a few uh, very sexual noises oh <laughs> He kept every time. I mean, it was in a way. It was quite funny for the fact that he was doing what you imagine that us as football fans do when your team gives the ball away, or because we're seeing an obvious pass that nobody on the pitch seems to do, and he just does that thing of just going, "Oh." Did you Did you also hear the bit? We went, "Oh, really?" He could, he could, and, and also he went, "Oh, really? What's he doing there?" And I'm like, "You're talking as if." We can't hear you. <laughs> I, I especially like the fact that there was a moment, and I think it was it was either Danny Rose went down under a challenge that, you know, was soft, and Omar Bogle reacted as if he hasn't made a career of basically throwing himself to the ground every time a defender touches him. It was just, what, why, are you, why are you moaning about that? And then when you're fit, you'll be back on the pitch, and as soon as the defender breathes down your neck, you'll be on the floor looking for a free kick. 
we do we do need to uh, shout out Omar though on the basis that because um, he's listening, <laughs> probably <laughs> he's probably been launched in because the BBC obviously are only restricted to the amount of people that they can have in the ground. So the poor bloke probably wasn't. Um, I don't think it was on a BBC feed. I think that was Doncaster's I Follow feed. Oh, was it? Oh, that changes yeah. the game entirely. Also, don't yeah. defend him, Jeffy. I yeah. won't. <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> well, don't fuck him, but you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, Neil, if you want to, I'm sure we can. <laughs> you're gonna find you're gonna find Omar Bogle's noise now, aren't you? No, no, I'd, I'd find Omar Bogle. But to be fair, his his commentary was less um, boring than the game. Oh, I don't know. The game was really shit. Do we yeah, no, pull? that's what I mean. Like it, it was, it was quite unbearable at times because nothing really happened, did it? But there was nothing. For so was his side. commentary. Even the even the other guy that was the actual commentator, you could tell he was like he was trying to just just get blood from a stone. He kept going to him, going. And, and the issue was that he kept asking him closed questions in the hope that he'd open him up and get like some sort of free flowing <laughs> sentence of five words or more out of him. And all he would ever get back is, yeah. Or yeah. there was that, yeah. and then there's, there's that weird uh, farting noise in the background. Now, yeah, that, that was really that was odd, wasn't about. it? Like a pneumatic drill, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I it's like someone's that. doing the hoovering just in the ground somewhere. <laughs> to be fair, you can't blame them. The, the game was pretty, pretty dire. In fairness, I mean, can we, let, let's just talk about it really quickly. I refuse. I mean, over to you guys. You refuse. All right. <laughs> well, maybe not so much the game then, but like, I. I Afterwards, I, I I felt really like, oh, that was rubbish. First, oh, you, first and foremost, you made your feelings well known on the Slack, Charles. Well, just <laughs> his blog was being wound up, weren't it? <laughs> it really was. Here if we that, go. If that game, if that game had happened in that fashion in November, it would have been carnage. Yeah, uh, it, nah, it really would have been. I don't think it would have been. No, I think it would it wouldn't have been as bad as you think. I don't think. You've got to remember where Doncaster are on the table as well. I said I wasn't going to talk about it, Charles. You reeled me in. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, I do I do appreciate the fact that Doncaster are fifth and that, that maybe was something that in the heat of the moment, in my feelings, I, I was just, you know, forgetting about or ignoring. But I'll be honest with you, Doncaster didn't look good enough to be fifth in the league. No, so they didn't. They didn't. That- there you go. You see, this is my thing, Jeffy, is that because they didn't look good enough to be in fifth in the league, we were so rubbish that we, we should have been able to have done more than that. Yeah, I think so. But but I'm I'm encouraged by the steadiness. Like the ship seems to be steadied, right? So we're not in free for all. So for example, let's let's do a small comparison here, okay? Which you know, which is not Neil, a Neil, are you ready? Small comparison, your forte. Don't interrupt me. I'm trying to eat a donut. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like obviously, if if that happened under Keith Curl, yeah. there um, and it and we played Doncaster, who are fifth in the league. Um, I can quite clearly see just from like the way we would have approached that game that we probably would have got hammered five nil, or maybe three nil. But whatever, we'd we'd have definitely lost that game. I think, and I think that the difference we've got with Brady, the Brady bunch as we're calling them, is that we approach it slightly differently, so that we're able to sustain that pressure that those kind of teams put under us. And although it felt kind of quite boring and mundane, it was very organised and. I think that that steadiness is going to hopefully pay off. But I, the, the only thing I am concerned about is that the tortoise and hare approach as such uh, might not work because we've not got enough games to do it. But I do think that it, we're steady enough. I think the problem we've got is we might just run out of games. But but generally speaking, I think we're steady enough and I think they've got a good middle ground there. What we're not doing is getting slaughtered by good teams and what we're not doing is conceding loads and loads of goals. And on the flip side, we're scoring more, although we haven't scored obviously in the nil-nil, but we're scoring more and we look like we would score more as opposed to not having a clue how to defend and not being able to score. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we we will be okay. But I, I think we're running out of time and that's my only my only argument we seem to be getting tired quite and about like the hour mark in every game um which hopefully this week off will address a little bit but we, 
we do seem to hit the hour and think everyone just looks knackered because they've been running around so much and doing a lot of hard work and putting in a lot of effort and stuff, um, which we want to see, obviously. But it, it just seemed like we hit the wall, especially on Saturday. We were hanging on and hanging on at the end a little bit. Not, I don't think they were pummeling us, but I just felt like we got to a, a certain point in the game where we're like, we ain't creating anything here. And it was just a case of throwing bodies on to, to try and keep the point, which is a, it's a good point. But, yeah, it um, was a really good point. It, it, it does concern me a little bit for um, the fact that we just we just seem to to drop at the hour mark at the minute. Early yeah. doors, early doors, early doors. That pub in Mansfield. I've just remembered it. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're not right. The, yeah. Not Sorry. the uh, Craig Cash um, TV show. Uh, never heard of it. <laughs> Look it up. Underrated. <laughs> Sorry. Can I just? Very quickly, I mean, the obvious thing to sort of say about the uh, the tiredness thing is is obviously the fact that we've been playing every well two games a week for the past nine weeks, is it, or something like that? It's a long. So, it feels like an, an age. Yeah, and I mean, we've got a fairly small squad, or at least we've got a fairly small group of players that John Brady wants to pick from, at least, which is a positive um, thing. And. But it, it, just rewind a minute and go back to my my point about how I think if that result was and, and that game was played with Keith Curl in charge, I think there would have been knives out. I I, I mean, in terms of like, I get I get the the thing of like, oh well, if Keith Curl had been in charge, then we'd have lost that five nil and all that. I get I get that thing, but I'm talking about. Just take the only difference, the only thing that you change from what happened on Saturday is you've got Keith Curl in the dugout as the manager. So the result is the same. The performance is the same. I think the knives are out. You can't say that, though. Why not? I just did. Yeah, but you're wrong. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think they are, though, either. Like, I don't think... I'm, I'm pretty sure Keith Curl got his fair share of results like that against teams that we weren't supposed to get a result against just by maybe playing a bit, little bit differently. But I don't think Nice would have been out after. I think people would have just been like, okay, good point, let's move on. Which well, I think, I, think be, like, I get what Charles is saying. I think maybe they would have been and people would have been a bit more up in arms and it would have been attacking you know, the performance and we didn't create enough and all that sort of stuff. However, why I think you're wrong, Charles, is because Keith Curl's got every, would have had everything that had gone before it. Good so point. It, it's a build-up of stuff. It's not just that one. You can't take that one game in isolation. It's it's the build-up of the frustration of previous performances that we would have seen before and before and again and again. Whereas with John Brady and and the, the gang, um, they've they've got a bit of money in the bank, haven't they? Whereas Keith Keith Curl was bankrupt basically. Yeah, I, I, yeah. No, that's fine. I see what you're saying. I don't think, think you can it. say that if you put Keith Curl in charge for that one game and the outcome is the same, there would be a different reaction. Well, yeah, there would be a different reaction, but that's because of everything that would have gone on before. Not if if it's just solely if that say if that was Keith Curl's first game in charge or fifth game fifth game in charge, the, the knives wouldn't be out as much as they would have been if it had been his last game in charge or his you know it had been one of his last few games that he had in charge of us. And that's the difference, right? It's it's a build-up of emotion and a build-up of frustration. And with John Brady and stuff, he's, he's granted that bit of time because, rightly so as well, he's he's taken over a squad that's not his. He's trying to get the most out of them best he can. He's asking more of them, which is probably plays to the point why they're a bit more tired. So I think it's I think it's difficult to say what you're saying. I know you said it. That's really weird <laughs> to say, isn't it? Okay, well, that's fair enough. I want to go back to what you said, Chesie, about maybe not having enough games left and you know the, the what what did you call it or what how did you put it was it she went all Aesop's fables on us <laughs> yeah is it I don't know for some reason I've got slowly slowly catchy monkey in my, no, in my head it's the tortoise in the hair the tortoise in the hair uh, my, that was it. it just the analogy for example like um let's compare I don't like to do this but let's compare ourselves with Burton and Burton bought in Jimmy, what, two weeks before we bought in or let go of Uh Curl, right? You you better not be about to give Jimmy Floyd any credit. No, I'm not. But what I'm doing is comparing the two. So they've obviously gone on this massive resurgence, haven't they? They've flown up the table and now it is significantly more unlikely that they're going to get relegated, right? Mm -hmm. So I think had we have have bit the bullet earlier and 
and let Keith go maybe two, three weeks before, we could have been the role reversal with with Burton and we could have been where Burton are. I think we're one, maybe one game, one win and a, a draw away from from being in a much better position. And I think had we have done that slightly earlier, we might have already been there. I think we're riding a really thin wave or a really thin tightrope now because we we have to win so many of the games remaining, whereas Burton have done that already because they've already got that momentum. They've already gone. And it, and if they lose two now, they're not going to be right back down there. Whereas if we were to lose two, we're, we're almost back where we started a couple of weeks ago. So we're riding on what other people are doing and that's okay, but you have to do your job as well. Whereas now Burton, although I hate to say it, they're flying under under Hasselbank and are, are away. They don't. They haven't got to look over their shoulder. And I think that's purely based on the fact that they've had a little bit more time. I, 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 I get what you're saying. And yes, you are right. They have had more time. They've also got 400 new players. Yeah, which, which, <laughs> which actually sometimes doesn't work because it didn't work mm-hmm. when he came to us. So a lot of it as well can also just be luck situational isn't it it's absolutely just, yeah for, for whatever reason it seems to work for Hasselbank at Burton which is annoying because obviously we know what he's like um but it's, it's the same with that Belen that's in charge of Peterborough isn't it, it, it for whatever reason it seems mm. seems to work with him there it's like um, Gary Johnson in West Country teams yeah isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly that it's, it's some for some some places some people just click right and it's is what it is, I guess. But I think we've got enough time. Like the the, the benefit we've got is it, it's a mini league of six, isn't it? I think at the moment. And let's be honest, all those six teams are goddamn awful, including us. So there's no reason. I mean, look at the results uh, on Tuesday night. They went our way, really, didn't they? And yeah, absolutely. That was their games in hand. That was their chance to, you know, put a bit of pressure on, and, and they've all failed pretty much. So I, it's I think a level. We'll- it's a level. I think apart from Bristol Rovers, it's a complete level playing field in terms of games played. I think Bristol Rovers are the only team that have got one less. No, that's it's Wimbledon. Oh, is it Wimbledon? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Sorry. Yeah, it's Wimbledon have played one less. Everybody else has played 35. Yeah, so it's level. I will now. say though, I don't. I don't think that Shrewsbury and Burton are out of it. No, I don't think they are either. But what what I'm saying is, it it's more unlikely. So they're not looking over their shoulder like we are. Does that make sense? Like one loss and we're right back down there, but they could do they could lose two and still not quite be right down there. Not that well, I mean the thing for me though is that because it is so tight down here at the bottom of League One at the moment, is that I mean, look at us. A couple of weeks ago we were bottom. So and then we had two, and then we had two wins, and we went from being twenty fourth to nineteenth after the the Plymouth and the Portsmouth wins. So, because it's so close, and because it's so tight, and the fact is, is actually the way you could look at it, and the way that I sort of look at it with um, outsiders. So, whenever anybody asks me about the Cobblers and how they're getting on, and and we talk about it, I always sort of say that at the moment it's almost like no side, and none of this is ridiculous because obviously this is the case, but. No side wants to get relegated, i.e. there is no one side that is cut adrift at the bottom, just, you know, sat there going, right, well, that's it. That's us done until next season now. Um, Every single team is picking up points and picking up wins, most importantly. That's why, you know, Swindon are bottom on 31 points at the moment. We've got 33 in the last uh, relegation spot of 21st. And, you know, Bristol Rovers and Wigan Athletic above us have got 34. There's only one point in between us and, you know, safety. And <laughs> there's only five points in it from the whole of those six teams. I mean, that's just incredible. It's ridiculous that to sort of look at it and go, it's so close at that point. And I do think that Burton, so Burton have got 41 points and they've only played 34 games. Shrewsbury have played 32 games. So maybe that's the little bit of thing that makes Shrewsbury out of it a little bit more and a bit more comfortable. But they've only got 42 points. I know there is, you know, that's a nine-point gap from us to, to Shrewsbury at the moment. But that is only three wins and only three losses for Shrewsbury. Well, we play so, them as well, don't forget. And, and we play them. So, I mean, it, it, you've got to look at it and go, the way that it is set up for the rest of the season, 
it's going to be a proper roller coaster. I can see this going down to the very last minute of the last game of the season. It's going to be one of those. I mean, if we end up, if we do stay up, it's actually going to end up being one of those seasons that we look back on for years and years and years in the future as being a kind of great escape season again. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it, when you go, when we jump out of it? Um, because we were so deep in it and after that Swindon defeat, it was just like, yeah, we're going down. There's no question about it. So I think we've sometimes got to remember that and think as a whole at the end of the season, if we stay up, it, it will still be a little bit miraculous about from what John Brady's managed to do. Um, whether, however we get there or whatever it takes to do it, it will still be a pretty miracle, pretty much a miracle to turn that around that group of players. Um it just sometimes when we, when we go up to 19th, it then creates a bit of expectation around it. So I think like points like that on Saturday, um, that we got on Saturday, I think are going to be crucial. I think the problem just to keep sticking over. The, the, the problem we've got is is potentially our running. Yeah, it's, I was just thinking that Neil. It's pretty tough. Just looking at the fixtures, I know we'll we'll talk about Crew soon, but that's that's a winnable game at home. Um, then we've got Oxford at home. That's tough. Oxford are pushing for the playoffs. Then Danny's favourite six pointer against well, two six-pointers potentially, Wimbledon away and then Shrewsbury at home. And then Hull away. That's not easy, is it? Six-pointer, Bristol Rovers at home, Borough away. That's obviously not going to be easy. Uh, Ipswich at home, that's going to be tough. Gillingham away, Blackpool at home, and then Sunderland away on the last. That's, that's that the killer, could undo isn't us. It? Yeah. That it just could undo us. Reminds me of Leeds away when we got Yeah, I think someone time. someone on the quiz on Sunday was saying something about that, I think, right at the start. It, it's got that feeling in it. I was <laughs> just like... Yeah, oh, I mean, that but... Leeds situation was ridiculous as well, wasn't it? Because we yeah. really, right, really screwed that up. And then to go to Leeds, and I think, did we need a, we only needed a point. No, we? we didn't. We hardly needed anything. Like, we needed th- we three needed every, results every, to go against yeah, us as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, just to be stuck in that corner and have the Leeds fans oh, taunting us, it was just Mike, an bloody Mike Fuller. <laughs> yeah, I bet Mike Fuller was one of them. <laughs> but Sean was saying, though, interestingly, Sean was saying that, um, all right, okay, it was it was a, under dif- different management, but we didn't bother turning up against Wigan and whoever else at the bottom that we were playing and never got anything from it. So why not have a go at this lot that we've got? You know, what have we got to lose? I think this is a prime example on Saturday as well, isn't it? Like, no disrespect Absolutely. to Crew, but they are uh, coming off a 3 0 defeat to Burton. And I feel like we can't get away as much as we did on Saturday about not taking the game to them. I think we've just, it's a home game against a team that's reasonably beatable and there's a chance for three points there. So I think if we come out of it with a similar performance and a, another sort of no showing attack on Saturday, then, then it will be a little bit more concerning than last weekend was. Just gotta go go out, all out, leave all everything out, balls on the out. pitch. Yeah, all out, balls out. Fine, yeah, happy Absolutely. days. Uh, let's be honest. If we want to beat anyone particularly, then <laughs> Crew is one of those, isn't it? Because of bloody David Artel, who's an absolute clown. <laughs> Can I just go back very quickly to the last day of the season? So before we bring in our our Crew flat fan, <laughs> before we bring in David Artel from, has <laughs> he brought a flan? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I've brought a flan with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so before we bring in our crew fan, um, I just want to go back to the, the last day of the season thing. And uh, while you guys were talking there, I just thought I'll just have a quick look and see who the other teams in this so, so-called, so you know, bottom six or mini six league um, have got. So, yes, okay, we've got possibly the hardest game of the lot um, on the last day being away at Sunderland. So I'll, I'll just take it through the way that I've written it down. Wimbledon are away at Lincoln. Mm, who that's are not easy. Go on, Mort. Obviously, uh, near the top. I mean, they have dropped a little bit in recent times with three defeats out of the last five, but that's not a di- that's not an easy game. Go on, Callum Morton at trick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rochdale are at MK. Who? Yeah. Um, Bristol Rovers are away at Blackpool. Dark Horses. Yeah. And <laughs> then in what is going to be the biggest game on Sky Sports News on that afternoon, Wigan are at home to Swindon. So there's, you know, in a way, I actually feel a little bit better about it now. Us yeah, being away but the, tr- the trouble is, though, that Wigan. Oh yeah, because we always going to do well. Do us. 
one concern about Wigan, their takeover has been approved, hasn't it? Did I yeah. read that? So that might give them a bit of a bounce as well. I know they're going to still have the same players and stuff. They can't do anything at the minute, but just in terms of feeling around the club and stuff, that can sometimes have an impact, can't it? Yeah. Swindon are yeah. the ones I think if anyone are going to drop they're they're looking like they're on a, such a bad run and like where do they come back from from that but cause they've lost the last four now I think haven't they mm-hmm. um, you just think if, if anyone's going to completely stay down there it's going to be them but who knows win for them on Saturday they'll be out of it so well just that's it, isn't it that's why it's so so horrible this season um it is just because it is so tight down there i think um anyway we've we've mentioned it uh we've talked about flans so let's get a crew fan on uh it's a returning crew fan um he's russ how are you doing russ you okay mate Hey mate, I'm all right. I'm not a huge fan of flans. I won't lie. <laughs> no, neither are we. We we don't have a clue. We'd rather have a Neapolitan ice cream. I I, I would agree with that. I, I might have had to Google what a flan is as well, just to make sure that I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> you did Brilliant. make it at school? You make no, a flan no. at school? No. The what? only thing I can remember making at school was tomato flavored rice. I mean, I grew up on a farm, so. <laughs> I made all sorts. <laughs> Did they make flans on farms? No, but I basically made everything out of any sort of animal. Oh. Sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? Yeah. It doesn't well, yeah, we reared lambs and cooked them at Easter. That, that was normal for where we were. It's gone a bit strange, Jeff. It's gone all animal farm. <laughs> it's going to get Rebecca loose soon. <laughs> <laughs> is she the one that wanked off a pig? Yes, yes, is she that is. One? And Dagger Beckham, apparently. I mean, it's from one extreme to the other, that, isn't it, really? (laughs) The flans have nothing to do with with animals, farm animals, apart from the fact that they might use eggs, but yeah. Good. Okay. Uh, Ross, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Uh, Thanks for joining us again. Um, So so before, there was an accusation about uh, Dave Artell being a bit of a knob. Uh, what's 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 your uh, your your return of serve? Shall we call it? Um, he's entertaining, <laughs> and if he's on your side, you'd love him. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so that sounds like an agreement to me. Everybody else, he, he no, was on our side once, and I didn't like him that much that either. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah, he was, wasn't he? I just remembered that. Oh, there we go. Better well than Jeffy. <laughs> Um, so obviously, um, I think we'll, we'll start with, with the fact that, you know, we, we were talking about how bad it is at the moment in terms of the relegation fight and how close it is down here, down there at the moment. Um, I mean, as much as I will say that I, I don't have crew down as being, you know, being threatened, you're, you're a bit lower. In fact, Danny, I think it was you that said earlier on before we started recording that you actually were a bit surprised that crew were as far down the table as, as they actually are in 15th. Yeah, the crew just seem one of these teams that you just expect to be doing all right, but never really challenging playoffs and stuff, um, playing decent stuff. But I, I, I thought they were top half at least. Shows how much I take notice of things, doesn't it? It's not like me to to not get details right, is it? <laughs> Statman Danny. <laughs> well, we were we were top half, and we were having a good season until. Um, probably the last 10 games have been ridiculously inconsistent. It's sort of win-lose, then draw two, and then lose-lose, win. We are literally the dic- dictionary definition of, of inconsistent. I think um, our last three games have been two 3-0 defeats and then a win against Doncaster. So sort of that paints a picture, doesn't it, really? Yeah, your last, uh, your last game out, of course, oh, was the so- 3-0 defeat <laughs> to Burton. What, what went wrong? Am I I'm allowed to swear on this, I assume? Absolutely. Of course you can. Shit show. <laughs> Three softest goals you'll ever see in your entire life. Burton were okay. Defensively, they were fairly astute. Going forward, they had nothing, really. But we, we gifted Kane Hemmings a 25-minute hat-trick. Long throw, had four or five bounces, no crew players really challenging for it. And then Kane Hemmings scuffs his shot and then gets his second touch on the line to put it in. And then the other two were... Um, just literally just letting him through on goal with a bad back pass and a, and Omar Beckles miscontrolling it, hitting his hand. And then from my opinion, he must have decided I'm going to get sent off. So let's just let him score instead and see what happens. And obviously he didn't get sent off, but it was, oh, I don't want to be reminded of it. It was the worst game I've ever seen in my life. 
And you didn't even you didn't even have to go to the stadium to see it. <laughs> that was no, oh, blessed that makes relief. worse anything. <laughs> um, so obviously you, you, you're sort of wanting to to bounce back against us uh, this weekend. Um, you said, of course, that you've got a bit of inconsistency been going on. I mean, just looking at your your last few results, you you beat Doncaster one nil before yeah. that Burton defeat, uh, but you lost three nil away at Lincoln um, before then. But you, you've had some schooling. That was we were yeah. never in that game. You've had a couple of decent draws as well with Blackpool away one all and and at home to Sunderland. That was that. Don't mention that one either. We were oh, two really? up, We were two nil up with ten with about ten minutes to play. They scored two worldies. Chris Maguire scored a full full volley from about twenty five yards out in the ninety seventh minute. Oh wow! I mean, I bet you were sick yeah. to your stomach with that. I've got a tear in my eye even now. <laughs> so, so talk to us about how you know David Artel's crew have been playing. Is it is it the same Dave Artel that that has been you know wanting to get the ball around and pass it around and walk it into the net as he has done for the last couple of seasons? Yeah, well, that's that's the intended idea anyway. Anyway, whether the actual players are playing that is consistent with our inconsistency. Really, against Doncaster, we definitely did that. With with ease against Burton, we didn't really do that against Lincoln. I don't know if we even touched the ball. Um, it, it, as you say, we want to get the ball on the floor and play it properly. And we have when we do do that, we can get a result against anyone. When we don't do that, that's when we just don't pick anything anything up at all. So, if you're looking ahead to this weekend, then with the Cobblers, obviously our last game was a two-one win for you guys at Gresty Road. Yeah, that was the highlight of my 2020. <laughs> really? Because we had the fans back, and you scored in the second minute, didn't you? Something like that, mm-hmm. right in front of me. Horrible goal to concede. Just switched off from a free kick, I think. And then we scored a 94th-minute winner, didn't we? And it, oh, brilliant, brilliant scenes. To be fair, I mean, I'd forgotten that the uh, the fans were in for that game. Um, I, I I don't tend to really think about that game at all. Um, I think everybody else would agree with me. Danny certainly. Danny cried after it. Uh, cried Neil after. Neil went out and, uh, and and kicked something hard and broke his toe. And Chesy <laughs> uh, Chesy went and hugged a cow. So uh, yeah, we we don't like thinking about that game, do we, guys? That's a no, obviously. No. obviously <laughs> yeah, no. <that's... laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those. I mean, what was your opinion of of that game, Russ? Obviously, you know, there is a little bit of of not not necessarily um, rivalry between the two sets of fans, but uh, the way that Dave Artell is quite vocal in the media. Whenever we come round to play you, whether it's down to the state of a pitch or as he's recently turned around and said that we have not changed our style at all, uh, I think was the latest thing that I've seen, which clearly means he's not watched a single game since the last time we played each other. Um, There is obviously that little bit of one-upmanship going on between the two sets of fans. So it must have felt quite good to get that that win over us, first of all. And and I, I'm presuming that Dave Artel was probably beaming for about a month afterwards. <laughs> he, de- he definitely was. I don't know. I wouldn't say there's a much rivalry between the fans. I think we just know that your, your typical style, shall I say, in the nicest way possible, especially under Keith Curl, was very much the opposite of what we do. So that mm. forges sort of a rivalry out of that. But we just know that we always lose to you when we go to your place. So I... I this is one of the fixtures that you're dreading at the start of the season if you're a crew fan, really. Um, Artel's clearly got a bee in his bonnet about something. Um, that's just, I just don't really understand it, to be honest. It, it does seem weird, doesn't it? I mean, let, let's say, what? So, Dave Artel was a player for us under, was it Was it under AD Booth, Roy, Danny? Which one, sorry? Danny doesn't know. <laughs> what, what, no, I know. Well, I, I thought I'd say, do you know, Neil? <laughs> no. Johnny's the stat man. But I, I who think... was manager when Dave Artel was uh, was playing for the Cobblers? Oh, Samson. Well, uh, there you go. Is it Samo? Yeah. It was 2012, 2013. I know why. I'll tell you why. 
Go on. Because when I was I was really little at that point, and um, I got my shirt signed on the team coach after we'd got stuffed three nil at Torquay before. Um, yeah, it was AD yeah. Boothroyd, by the way. Yeah. yeah, it was. Oh, was it? So it was AD yeah. Boothroyd. So I was oh, right. it was AD okay. Boothroyd. Yeah, my mistake. AD Boothroyd's exact uh, statement he said upon signing. Uh, David Artel was he's the coagulant that will connect the other bits and pieces. <laughs> what a quote! That's a Keith Curl quote, if there ever was one. So there you go. Definitely I think an AD Boothroyd one. I, well, oh, let's not talk about AD Boothroyd. Bloody hell! <laughs> um, I think David Artel. I'm sure he applied um, for a managerial role with us at one point when one of the many times when we had a vacancy. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm certain he put his his hat in the ring, so to speak. So maybe he's a bit griped off there that maybe they didn't even interview him or something I don't know but I, I'm sure I remember that he was definitely linked to becoming manager or being interested in becoming manager with us at one point um, yeah, so he maybe, was. maybe something's gone on there yeah maybe because he's definitely got to be mm. in his bonnet like it's and, and I get that managers will say stuff won't they to, to try and get you know to try and get in the opposition's heads and all that sort of stuff and, and stuff but it the stuff he says just feels beyond that really like uh, is either that or he's just a massive, massive idiot? <laughs> I, I, from a from a crew standpoint, a person who doesn't really hate Northampton whatsoever, it does just doesn't make sense to me whatsoever. Like, there's no need from from our from my standpoint, and a lot of other people's standpoint. There's no real rivalry in Northampton. You've never done anything to us. If you're talking about like Carl Robinson's Oxford and what they did with all the COVID stuff and starting a police inter- investigation the night before a game and phoning up players and stuff, that's more understandable. But Artel sort of throwing cheap digs at Northampton doesn't really make sense. But if it mm. wins as a game, then I do think it is a lot just to do with that mind games thing. I can't see why anybody would have that much of a a bee in their bonnet over the fact that they potentially might have applied for a job and then not got it. I, I just don't. Maybe I'm maybe I'm too naive in that respect. I don't know. Well, does he do most, it? Does he do it most weeks with other teams as well? No, mo- almost everyone you'll ever hear, except sort of opposition fans, will always say he's a very good, very nice man. And um, he did an interview with who's that ball guy who works with with the EFL. Um, oh, there's many. Sean Harvey. <laughs> No, he's uh, a presenter. Oh, no idea. Oh, oh, oh I, know I know what you mean. mean. On the BBC, do you mean? Yeah, and does that Jason something, is it? No, it's... Um, oh, what's his name? Ryan Cresswell. He's very happy, man. Magnus yeah, he's Eggleston. very happy, isn't he? Yeah, I know who you mean. Who did you say, Danny? You should know this. Magnus Eggertson. No. No. Um, it's the... Um, oh. <laughs> He's really it's the guy jovial. who took over. He took over after Kevin Hunter Day. When so Kevin Hunter Day, Mark Clement, that's Clement. it. Yeah. Mark Clement. There you go. That was a brilliant piece of five minutes of podcast, wasn't it, everyone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry. He did an interview with Mark Clement. Yeah, he did a Mark, and it was it was very good. He came across very well and very spoken. He's got a degree um, in forensic science or something like that. Mm. Yeah, it's good for some, isn't it? Um, I think <laughs> you don't really get that many people criticising him or sort of thinking, looking down on him, thinking he's a bad, bad person. Sort of, mm. except for those fans, few fans, you know, yourselves and Port Vale fans that he he winds up. It's just, it's just that it, obviously, then it is something that he's got with us, isn't it? And whether it is a case of it's the, you know, as you said, Russ, there the the antithesis of of the crew style of, of way of playing and and everything. But I, I just don't really get it personally. I sort of think, why why can't you just turn around and just be like, it's just another game. Why do you have to be like that? It's it's weird. It it, it annoys me, and it annoys me in a way that I just sort of think, why am I annoyed by this? Why do I care? I if it annoys you, then I think he's won. Exactly. That's, that, that's what I mean. Point, Russ. <clears throat> that's the thing, isn't it? And I just think to myself, why are you being like that? Just be nice. People should be more nice. That's my opinion. Nice. In all walks of life. There you go. Soapbox off. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, if we go then to the crew style of play and the crew way, so to speak, uh, Russ. Mm-hmm. Has there been any kind of so obviously with this inconsistency, with this you know up and down bit of form, and, and obviously getting battered 
um, at the weekend doesn't help. I think I read something that said something like you'd had 73% of possession and were 3-0 down. Yeah, um, at half-time, yeah. Yeah. Um, are, the, are the fans, or how are the fans in terms of the fact that you just play that one way? Uh, does it ever get to the point where you've got fans turning around and going, there's no plan B, or that it should be changed and we shouldn't always be doing this particular style or what what's it like that's been a criticism in the past over the last uh, sort of four years but we've obviously had success within that so that's not necessarily at the forefront over the last 10 games or so we've actually had a plan b which is nice to nice to have we've gone with a 4-4-2 with um <clears throat> with a diamond in midfield with Charlie Kirk just behind two strikers and those two strikers being Mikhail Mandron and Chris Porter so two you know big big lads up top so we, we, that's that's offered a lot more physicality into the into a uh, sort of taking away from what we're saying this tippy taffy passy football to more of a not necessarily a long ball but more sort of direct style and that's sort of sort of eased those we don't have a plan b type things and it it did actually bring success we beat um who was it we beat Accrington at home and then we picked up a few of the good results. Sunderland, we played that as well. And Mika Mandron and Chris Porter scoring the goals in that game sort of offered something new. But then then in that Lincoln game where we lost 3-0, it was it was bad, to say the least. So we've sort of reverted back to that 4-3-3, sort of trying to get the ball on the floor a bit more. And that then brought success against Doncaster. So I think the problem, not the problem, but the, the, the way forward is assessing which style to use for which game. Um, so if I was the manager, um, I'd probably employ the 4 4 for for the game on the weekend. Okay. And would you, obviously we, we've quickly mentioned the fact that Dave Artel has said that um, he doesn't believe our style has changed. Uh, what's your opinion or, or do you just go on the fact that that's, you know, what, you, what you've, uh, you've sort of seen in your local media? Um, in the last couple of days have you got an opinion on us have you managed to see any highlights from the last couple of weeks well the gen- the sort of general opinion of northampton is that they play that sort of sort of direct long ball football i think that's sort of probably not just a crew thing that's an efl thing thinking opinions of you which is not necessarily a bad thing if you if you're scoring goals and winning games fair play do, do it however you want to do it at the end of the day um i understand it has somewhat changed under the new man I haven't seen any highlights, won't lie to you. Um, but you're, you're still still down in that quagmire, aren't you, down at the bottom? But to be honest, we're not that far out of it. You had, you had been talking about it today, haven't you? And uh, I wouldn't rule us out of, of any relegation battles, to be honest, and we're on 48 points. Um, you've picked up better results. You're looking a bit better in general from, from the statistics. So I think you, you clearly are a different proposition than what we played earlier on in the season. I think that's fair, isn't it, guys? I think so. Yeah, I think so. It's um, I, I do hope that Artel has got him prepared for a long ball game because it, he might be surprised a little bit in that sense. Um, it's, I, I still think we do do it and mix it up a little bit. Like, I don't think we we've found our style yet, but um, which is probably helpful in terms of scouting us because you can't really tell what we're doing and what we what we're trying to do. But I think what what we are under Brady is a lot more organised and a lot more like together, it seems. So um, it's going to be an interesting one because I feel like, like I said earlier, our expectation is probably going to be to try and win the game. So it feels like crew are in a little bit of a situation where they're like, I don't see them dropping into the bottom pack. So they might be a little bit more relaxed maybe. I don't know. I think there's certainly an argument within some of our ranks um, that, sort of heads have been turned almost sort of looking towards the end of the season now and starting starting again next year you know Perry and G moved in January but he hadn't played that much this season anyway Harry Pickering moved on but then came back in on loan from Blackburn until the end of the season but then you know there's an argument there saying he's not actually so if you're on loan at a club you're not going to put in 100% effort and sort of break your leg every time you're going for a tackle because you're hampering what you've just signed uh, for next season, really, aren't you? Which is sort of understandable, but also, you know, come on, it's your boyhood club at the end of the day. Um, we've got we've got a few injuries. You could argue some complacency, some major goalkeeping issues. To be honest, um, well, that's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
goalkeeping issues in oppositions is generally quite helpful, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Although, what was the game that we played the other week? And they had a they had a youth teamer in in the goal. Did we end oh, up losing got, it? No, uh, they got injured, and didn't they in the warm up? No, did we? I can't remember who it was against, but their keeper got injured without ten minutes to go, wasn't it? Wasn't the Wigan game, was it? No. I don't know. I remember there was definitely a game, wasn't there, where the uh, yeah, you're right. The youth team had to go in goal at the last minute, and yeah. uh, we it was scored. A placement, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, we did. We did score, but then didn't do very much else for the rest of the game. Swindon, sure. We then went on and lost it. Was it Swindon, but... Neil? Swindon, yeah. Got their goalkeeper got injured in the warm up, didn't he? Bloody Swindon. Is it still um, Yaskalainen in goal for for you guys? Um, it was until about Christmas. Then just comedic errors meant that we decided sort of he needs a rest and sort of take him out of the policy we've had is sort of young players need a rest and to be taken out the side just to sort of maybe not necessarily temper expectations or or that sort of thing but just ground them again so we've we've sort of done that and given dave richards who dave richards is a serial second choice keeper really um he was second choice to ben garrett and then ben garrett left and will came in from being a 19 year old and straight away took took that number one place and Dave Richards just still sat on the bench and now he's played oh God, picking numbers out of the air probably the last 10 games or so and it started alright he was making some good saves a lot more commanding in the air but now we're just seeing sort of the similar comedic errors that we saw him from we seen from Will so um, yeah when I say we've got problems in the goalkeeping department we do have goal problem we do have problems in the goalkeeping department it's a tongue twister. Can you get it us... quite well though, Russ? I thought it was quite good. Very, very good tongue twisting getting around. <laughs> you, you survived. You didn't even <laughs> say that, Charles. That's brilliant. No, no I couldn't. Uh, we've got to ask, I suppose. Uh, Daniel Powell, how's he getting on? That doesn't even play. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's very much sort of. I think he was in. He was injured at the start of the season, and is still sort of trying to make his way back into the side. He was our starting right winger last year, but now he's sort of our backup left winger. Um, with Owen Dale really coming on leaps and bounds this year, I think he scored against you a lot as well, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and Stephen Walker, who we had on loan last year, has come in. He played the uh, not uh, MK Dons at the start of this year, but he's been a peripheral figure since coming in on loan as well. Um, but Dan Powell, on his day, brilliant, doesn't often get his day. And when he is on the pitch, doesn't often have the day, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, we yeah we know completely. <laughs> we all know that. Yeah, we got that completely. Well, look, just before we go and do predictions, what what's your expectations for the game, Ross? Are you basically looking at this and going, we should win this? <laughs> I'm a very pessimistic crew fan. I, I've I'm been a crew fan well for for getting on to ten years, but. That was sort of through the, the the relegation years and the Steve Davis not very good years and nearly dropping out of the football league. So I'm very pessimistic when it comes to crew and always expecting the worst. And we're not good at Northampton. So one one half of it, you think, yeah, we should be able to go there and get a result if we turn up and play properly. Play properly. And then the other half, there's we're just not gonna we're just not gonna do that, are we? Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, uh, you either get on on this show, we either get with opposition fans. You either get the uber confidence, don't you, Danny, or you get people like Russ that that come on and go, "Oh, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not too confident. That, I'm not." It's that weird thing with football fans, isn't it? We just never want to say, "Are oh, we going to win?" It's quite rare, I think, <laughs> to find a football fan who will be like, "Yeah, we're definitely going to win this game," because it just comes back to you. You just think it's just that odd thing in your head that just turns and you think don't say it don't say it don't say it don't jinx it it won't have any impact on the game if you do say it but it's just a, a weird superstition in it with football fans one, in of my, one of my housemates always asks who crew are playing at the weekend and i go and tell them and they go yeah you should win that and i'll find any reason for why you shouldn't win that <laughs> yeah and, and then i've got that in early so that when we inevitably lose i can be like well i told you they've <laughs> have won the last five in a row <laughs> 
Well, look, let's go through predictions then. And seeing as that we're all here um, for once, I'll go around the table. Russ, we'll come to you last, mate, as our opposition fan. Um, Chesie, I'll start with you, please. What's your prediction for Saturday? And seeing as we are all here, 3 p.m., (laughs) 6 p.m. Yes. I think it's going to be 2-2. Desmond, lovely. Um, Any particular way that that's going to come about for you in your head? Uh, we're going to be 2 0 down at half time, and then oh. we'll storm to a, a a point at the very death, and Watson will just ping in a 35 yard screamer, and we'll all go wild <laughs> thinking we've won the league when we haven't. We've just got a point. The best kind of Desmond, I would say, is, uh, is that. To be come honest. on, I'd Desmond Lynham. I'd rather come, come on, from Charles. behind. Yeah, you're right. Danny, Desmond Lynham's got to be. Yeah, come on. Did he used to do grandstand? Yes, Jeffy. You show your age again, darling. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember. I just remember the name. He's still alive. still alive, by the way. Yeah, he's still going, yeah. Is he? He's still going. No. He must be 90. Desmond Michael. He probably is. Cool name. How old is he, Neil? 78. Oh, okay. 12 years old. It's just like... Yeah, you're a 96 encapsulated in one person. It's Des Lynham. Des, oh, he's such a great oh, guy. No, well, Des Lynham and Easter. Jimmy and Jimmy Hill. Oh, yeah, maybe together. more than one person. But, but well, yeah, I can Des, awesome foursome. There was like a, I think there was a documentary <laughs> or something called My Summer with Des about you and 96, which is great. Anyway, off topic. Yeah, brilliant. Daddy, go on. What's your prediction? Uh, 2-1 to the Cobbles. To the Cobbles? Yeah. Oh, you renamed us, have you? Yeah. I thought, why not? Give it a go. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, 2 1. Yeah, I think we're going to go in front through Samuel Tobias Hoskins. I feel like Crew are the type of team that he scores against. Um, They'll get one back and then we'll score with about 10 minutes left through uh, Mikhail Miller. So keep saying Mm. it, but it's his his day on Saturday. I keep saying it every week. (laughs) Yeah, keep saying it. It's bound to happen at one point. Yeah, it'll happen at, what's it called? The pre season friendly. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, when he's not even playing for us and he's back at Rotherham. No, he's coming back. He's a lifer now. <laughs> he's a lifer. Uh, <laughs> visit, visit Northampton once, get locked down oh, in it. Yeah. You just fall in love with it. Uh, I'm going to go for a... I, I'm going to go optimi- really optimistic and I'm going to say a 3-0 win. And uh, every single time we score, there's going to be a celebration right in front of David Artel. <laughs> By John Brady, yeah, yeah, Samo. yeah. I don't. I bet Samo don't like him, does he? He gets. I get the feeling oh, that Samo would like Samo him. him. He wouldn't. He wouldn't have that kind of behaviour about his beloved town. So Samo no. knee slide in front of him. <laughs> I'm gonna love it. We'll just run down the touchline like at Liverpool. Oh, <laughs> that oh, oh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, three 0 for me, uh, Neil. Did you know Des Lynham has been in two films? Is <laughs> <laughs> one of them goal? Is he in goal? Is no. one of them Eddie no. the Eagle? No, why would he be in Eddie the Eagle? What? A pretty good <laughs> film, by the way, but why would he be in that? Well, because he... It's like, not a ski jumper. Yeah, but they used, um, like, uh, footage from Grandstand and stuff in that film. Oh, no, I mean, he's, like, properly been in him. He's been in a, in, a, in a movie called A Tribute to the Likely Lads. And a movie called Are You Younger Than You Think? Oh, are you younger than you think? Is that what it starts <laughs> off with? I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't know. He starred alongside Jerry Hall in that one. Ooh. The other one, he starred alongside Ant and Deck. So, <laughs> <laughs> bit of a difference. Uh, prediction, sorry. Uh, I'll go 3 2 Cobblers. Ooh. Very good. 3 2. Any particular reason that you've gone 3 2? I feel like there'll be goals. Um, Nil nil, we're at Lord. We were just out, going on the law of averages. We're just out of nil nil, so we're bound to score at least once or twice, aren't we? And crew <laughs> seem to feel just feels like a game where there'll be goals. Uh, goal scores for us. I think Alex Jones will get one. Oh, I think we'll see a bit more of a prominent role from him. Uh, did he Edmund. used to play for Port Vale? Yes, he did. Yeah, oh, I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was too good for them. <laughs> every every praise and grumble radio show it was always oh Alex Jones is incredible yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so it was Mark Marshall as well I think he played for you for a bit he's still here still does yeah. 
I've done my research, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, okay, Ross, um, prediction from your end, please. Oh, gee, um, I hate doing this. Good. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, I'm never, I never prepare for predictions, so I just sort of pick numbers out of my head. Um, I feel like we'll either lose or draw or win. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll go. I'll go on the fence. One-one. I think we'll go. We'll take a lead, and you'll score within the last third of the game. Oh, specific. I like it. Brilliant. Well, look, thanks very much for for coming on, Russ. Thanks very much to you guys as well for uh, being here with me, uh, Chesy, Neil, and of course, Danny. Um, It's always nice to have all of us together. Um, Thank you for listening. And if you would like to listen to more of our stuff, then please go to our website. It's cobblerstome.com. There you will find out all the information about where you can listen. Um, Simply go to any podcast app and click the subscribe or the follow button, depending on which app you're on. And, uh, and, and yeah, just, just have a listen, have a look uh, at all the content that we've got. And uh, hopefully we'll see you back next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Way! There's the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. I'm Tom Cliff, Cobblers fan and proud owner of Track NN and Cafe Track. Track NN is a social enterprise set up in 2018 to support autistic people to access employment through training, support services and creating opportunities. Research showed that just 16% of autistic adults were in full-time employment and this is something which we are going to change. We opened our cafe on the Market Square in Northampton in January 2019 as a place where individuals could work and develop their employability skills and also be a place where people were free to be themselves. Since opening the cafe in January 2019, we have supported 36 people into paid employment and created over 75 work experience placements and visits for individuals. Since the coronavirus outbreak, we've not been able to open Cafe Track to its full capacity and we've instead taken our offering online. You can help support us by buying coffee virtually at buymeacoffee.com forward slash cafe track. Your money goes to helping us to continue to create opportunities for autistic adults to gain employment. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.